Grandpa. Million Alyanovich. Say your last name. You just said it. You actually said it. Alyanovich. Fuck yes. Yeah, it was the American version. I would have said it incorrectly, confidently, and then when I say it correctly, I have no confidence. So fucking, I get that with jokes where I'll be writing and I'll I'll be thinking about comedy so much that so, uh, suddenly it like loses meaning. Like I say words and then you laugh. What what is any of this? And then I start to break down like quite literally. What is a joke? So I ask everyone on each phone call, like in your philosophy, what is a joke? How how do you write? <laughs> oh man, really? Um. Because there's that whole technical definition of it's like a surprising twist, you know? It's like, it's verbal irony, essentially. Mm -hmm. Or is that, yeah. Which one is it? Verbal irony is uh, sarcasm. Situational irony is when this, the, the situation doesn't go the way it did. And then what's the last one? Like, dramatic irony? The one where, like, there's just sort of like an unexpected twist. Okay. And so, like, basically, a joke is that it's it's a setup and a twist. It's a, I'm gonna get you thinking in this lane, and I'm gonna suddenly shift gears on you and put you on another lane, and you laugh as an expression of what? It's like a, a it's like fear crossed with um with with like relief that you're no longer like it's realizing you're in danger the second you're no longer in danger. Hmm. It's uh. Like, did you, oh god, this is gonna make a bunch of people that, uh, I assume might listen to your stuff, Grandma, no offense to you, or necessarily to them, but, um, you ever listen to Hannah Gatsby's last, uh, like, the big one that everybody, like... Yeah, I did, although I did not watch it, it was not out of any derision, I just don't... Right, right. I couldn't find well, the... She explains this very... The, the, whole, the whole, like, contempt that came up was essentially with the fact that her closer, for lack of a better word, because it's really more like the whole second half of her show, is about calling out the fact that comedy is just making you feel unsafe for a minute and then providing you with relief. And it's the entire conceit of the second half of the show is just sort of like showing that and, and, and like dissecting her own jokes as she tells them. And that part is masterful. Huh. I mean, I think the whole thing is masterful, but that part is, that's the part that blows my mind is that people who got butt hurt are so blinded by their butt hurt that they can't recognize that that entire half hour is so brilliantly con like on a writing level conceived where she's both telling you a joke it it's like a magician telling you how he's doing the trick as he does it and you're still amazed yeah you know what I mean? Penn and Teller do she's that a lot cup and balls and clear cups as she's telling the joke and she's and then at the very end of it the end of that whole you know 30 or so minutes on I'm just gonna make you feel unsafe and then suddenly make you feel safe again she just gets very real about her reality as a gay woman uh, and safety and the idea that uh, that her job is to make people feel uncomfortable and then safe. Um, and she ends it on essentially, fuck you, I'm not going to feel safe. I'm not going to make you feel safe at the expense of, you know, taking the truth that hurts out of this basically one of her first jokes, which was a joke that made light of a situation that was really violent and traumatic for her. Um, and she left out the violent traumatic part and just made it a joke. And so this is her 20 years later being like, I can't just 
pretend like the shitty part of that story didn't exist. And this is a thing some people deal with in trying to make you laugh. How do I, you know, that's a reality a lot of people deal with and that I honestly deal with a fair amount as well as someone who survived a fair amount of trauma at the hands of just sort of bullying. Um, and not just like individual bullying, but like cultural bullying as a little kid. Um, is how do you make people laugh when what you really want to do is punish them for the pain that was inflicted on you? Huh. You know? How do you go out and give people something good when there's some level of you that actually just wants to make them uncomfortable and leave them feeling uncomfortable? <laughs> well, that's fascinating. You sold it. Fucking, I will, uh, I will, next chance I get to actually sit down and fucking, uh, watch, uh, TV uninterrupted for a couple of hours, I'll probably check that out. That seems like a fascinating, and that's an angle I have, I've heard many people talk about in the net, but I, I've yet to hear that angle, so I'm fascinated. Dude, I'll check it out. Especially, honestly, the section on, uh, Picasso and whatever the other guy was, like, again, he was steeped in, you know, this guy was a, a, a rapist and a pedophile. Why do we, uh, why do we, like, deify him? Not Picasso, the other guy that wasn't, yeah, yeah, Picasso was. And then, like, why do we deify Picasso when Van Gogh um, is just sort of, like, considered this, like, savant um, and pitied? When in fact, like, you gotta watch, I, I'm not gonna try to dissect her a bit for you, but you gotta see it. She does, she's clearly so, such a gifted comic, sure, writer, yes, but like orator. Hmm. You know, that, that stage presence thing, that element that you can't get without putting in 10,000 and 20,000 and 50,000 hours. The difference between George Carlin and whoever is the biggest booking comic right now working you know what i mean right like that that extra you know uh, breaking bad that that last point three percent that's the difference between heisenberg and every other fucking mess cook right right yeah and just so people uh that that may hear this we did the math one time and we figured out that if a comedian wanted to get to their ten thousand hours they would have to do uh, a one-hour set every day of their life, nonstop for 26 years. <laughs> Better get fucking cracking, bro. Better get cracking, motherfuckers. Fuck yes, million. Well, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I always ask the final two questions. Fucking, uh, you know, you did touch on an earlier social group, but what else? What's uh, what's good about comedy? What's good, whether right now, like like in practical, like what's going good, or philosophical? What what makes you happy about it? What's good about comedy? Um, I mean, so I just went back to therapy. Like I took like a break. I, I took a break from both comedy and life in general for like two or three weeks, like a month ago. Mm -hmm. So whatever we're all doing now with the quarantine, I did it already for three weeks, and I timed that quite perfectly. Um. <laughs> But, uh, but that's, you know, one thing that's good about comedy is, um, it was one of the things that prompted me to take a break because it can be overwhelming, but it's always, it's jokes, man. At the end of the day, like so many of us are trying to chase something and strive for something and be something and get paid to do this and quit our day jobs. But like at the end of the day, like 
when the world burns down, there will be six of us sitting around a fire, and whoever did all the open mics while there was still a society will be like, hey, you guys want to hear a joke? You know, like, <laughs> that's what's good about comedy is, yeah, it's a cool thing now when it's popular, and yeah, it's a romantic job to have, like, writer or, like, Rolling Stone journalist in the 60s, like, whatever. It's it's all of those things. It's a great community. It's it's you know it's almost bordering on family in some cases. It's a great form of expression, and it makes it. But like at its base, it's just humans going, "Hey, it's cold, and we're by ourselves." But look at that. Do you see what I see? You do too, don't you? It does. That cloud does look like a penis. You know, like (laughs) you can't. It's been around as long as communication has, probably longer than words. People were farting and laughing. Um, and yeah, man, like, it, it's one of those things like music that ultimately, when you strip away all the like business and, and science and, you know, technical bullshit, it's just profoundly human. And, that's crazy to me. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, on the uh, flip side of the coin, we always end on the negative. What sucks about comedy? Like, either right now or philosophically, what's the kick in the balls about stand-up? Um, you know, there's always that thing about how uh, everyone thinks they can do it. Everyone thinks they're funny, especially people who aren't. Because that's the thing, the more, that, that's probably the biggest thing that sucks is the more into it you get, the more comedy you consume, like inevitably your taste gets pickier and pickier and pickier. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, you're not listening and you're not getting better. Um, and, and like I miss laughing at hacky, stupid bullshit that my civilian friends think is hilarious. Like, I'm a little bit bummed out when, like, my boss is cracking up showing me, like, a YouTube video of a guy getting hit in the balls that, like, it only, you know, it's only, like, 10% funny to me because it's like, yeah, that, was, that didn't take any effort. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking jaded. I fucking, I often sit and I watch things. I just watched a special the other night where I clicked on it and I just got angry. It's like, what, what do you, how did this happen? How do you get away with such... Like, even here in Denver, like, we, you know, we talk to each other a little bit, and we're, you know, you'll figure out what a hack premise is pretty quickly, and you see people, it's like, these are paid headlining professionals that really... But here's the thing, man, um, the reason they're paid headlining professionals is because they know exactly what ratio of hack to, to real to present and how to present it. Right, my buddy... you want to do this for a living that is the gig is how much do I have to splice what I want to say with consumable bullshit that will make you buy my shit right it's also I explained to my buddy he, he sees, he's a big comedy fan back home and he'll see my comedy works things and he'll message me dude that was so fucking good I can't believe how good you are and I tell him I was like dude you're getting confused like there's two major branches in stand up comedy there's what you're saying and how you're saying it you're getting obsessed with what I'm saying you like what I'm saying because we have a similar sense of humor you like I'm trashing society you like I'm trashing the baby marriage uh, video games like I'm trashing all the but how I'm saying it those hack comedians you hate 
they're better than me, even though you can't see it, how they're saying the, the way they're structuring these hack ideas are still brilliant. They're bad writers. They're brilliant comedians. Well, that and that and they know there's a certain amount of hack material you have to do to get like the audience isn't just a bunch of comics, man. We get jaded. We think everyone needs this like, right. eyebrow shit. Right. It's, every once in a while, you just need something that's gonna make an eight year old go. Oh, exactly. Yep, there's a, we live in a miraculous time of the internet where even uh, even the smallest niche has a huge market, so keep making content and find those people. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is, is we're trying to figure out on how thin of a sliver of the buying consumer market can a human being survive. And dude, there's people out there who make a comfortable, like, $50,000 and not a penny more. Um, just like with their little group of people that buy their shit, you know, dildo makers, um, fucking, uh, artists, uh, which one in the same really? I was gonna say, dildo makers, makers are fucking a fine artist, man. That's craftsmanship. Yeah, that's true. They're craftsmanship. Bro, you see really the way they put stuff. the veins in that thing? Forget about it. Well, we did it. Million fucking, you are my fucking uh, fifth guest on Comics with Grambo, and you were very insightful. I, I didn't expect to get an education on the net, but I am now one of the converted. I will fucking, uh, I'm going to go check that out and study it with a non-judgmental eye. I mean, it's worth, you know, even if she doesn't speak to you, she speaks clearly and succinctly and if you can just sort of like listen to it i don't think there's anyone that couldn't get something out of it if they tried uh obviously maybe that's not true some people are assholes right <laughs> of course we know them personally we sure do fuck yes well thank you my friend this is great and uh i'll hit you up again someday because we're all going to be quarantined through the zombie apocalypse yeah, I mean, you should you should download Counter-Strike. Uh, apparently it runs on pretty simple systems, and a bunch of us are going to be playing it then. Fuck yeah. Well, Million Alyinovich, I nailed it. I will see you on the flip side, my brother. All the love, Grandma. Goodbye. All right, love you, brother. Later. Hi guys, it's Josh Grambo. Holy shit, I did not see that coming. Million Alyanovich. Fucking kills it. I didn't see the Nanette thing coming. I knew he was a bleeding heart liberal, but goddamn, that bleeding heart is in the right place. I will be checking out Nanette and a Gatsby, everybody. Let's check it out, because that was an interesting philosophy. Uh, fear. I take you down a fearful spot and then I twist you to make you feel better. I haven't seen the special yet, so I won't contradict it until I see it. I do disagree uh, with the theory that that's how you have to do comedy. I don't, I don't have the same view on it. I don't believe that you have to take them down a road and then twist it. In fact, I personally feel like that's kind of hack. I don't think that you should rely on these joke-telling algorithms of I'm going to say A, B, and you think I'm going to say C, I'm going to say D. Ha, ha, ha. I don't, I don't buy that, but I'm also not going to be judgmental. I will sit down and watch Hannah Gatsby's special and get back to you guys. 
is a goddamn good take. Million. What a fucking good dude. Check him out on social media. He's got a weird name, but you can find him. Million Alunovich. M-I-L-J-E-N. Million. A-L-J-I-N-O-V-I-C. Alunovich. He's good. Thank you, Million. You're the man. I'll see you guys out on the comedy battlegrounds. Don't catch Corona. This show's called Comics with Grambo. And I'm out.